of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupong. Be blessed as you listen. together for the Lord. You want to do it like somebody that God has done mighty things in your life. You want to do it like somebody in whose life God has done glorious things. I'm still looking at some people who are not moving, not, not shaking, not shouting, not clapping. I don't know. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, I don't like having to tell you that you could have died for you to appreciate that you are alive. I realize some of you respond to those kind of things. When we, especially the worship leaders, when we come and we say, you know how you could have easily been dead. And you're like, hmm, it's true. Like, oh, so many of your mates are dead in your life. You're like, ah, God has been good. Yeah, I, we, don't, we don't want to raise those kind of Christians. Do you understand? We want to raise believers who are not grateful because of other people's downfall. I really don't want any of my classmates to die for me to know that my God is good. I don't need any of my family members to struggle for me to know. Let them be rich, but I want to be super rich. Do you understand? Let them be alive. Let them survive. But let them see me living. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, so you may not hear me say those things to excite you, but I want you to put your hands together for God. And appreciate what he has done for you in this past year. Without making reference to anything that has gone wrong in the life of somebody else. I want you to just be grateful that things have gone the way they have gone in your life. Yeah. 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 God bless you as you take your seat. Yeah. I believe that our God is a wonderful God. I said yesterday at prayer meeting, some of you are not there, that he's a master of impossibilities. Hallelujah. This morning, I know you came here ready to be blessed by God. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that God has prepared a set man to release into your life words of grace, words of truth, words of revelation, words that will set you on the path that God has destined for you. Now, if you are ready and you are part of those who are here to receive from God himself, with a resounding applause, giving honor to whom honor is due, let's welcome the ministry of our father, Dr. Leslie Kwakubum. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes, begin to bless the name of the Lord. A sense of very strong atmosphere of reverence in this place this morning. Just worship him, just Give him glory. Bless his holy name. Come on, give him glory. Give him worship. Bless his holy name. Come on, give him reverence, give him praise, give him worship. Bless his holy name this morning. I enter the holy of holies. I enter through the blood of the Lamb. 
transformation in the lives of your people. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Lord? Oh, wait. No, don't go yet. Don't go yet. Anyway. Oh, you may sit down. You can sit down. You can sit down. Soldiers of the Lord. <laughs> How many of you are excited to be in church this morning? Hallelujah. And how many of you are excited that you are going to see 2019? 
I believe that the best time to actually express your gratitude to God is, is when you are about to enter and cross over into a new year. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, that's why I want us to, to sing this song and sing it from the depths of your heart. You see, this, this has been a year of victories. Amen. I, we should give the opportunity for people to give testimonies. It's going to be two or three services continuous. Hallelujah. Amen. But even for those things that you think you haven't experienced victory the fact that the thing hasn't gone that you wanted to go but you are still not broken and you are still in the feet and you are still giving glory to god it's a victory in itself hallelujah because as for the devil he would have wanted you to backslide and curse god and be annoyed with god because that particular thing you were expecting at the beginning of the year it's seven days more or eight days more to the end of the year and you haven't seen it but you are still very much in the faith you are not broken you are still worshiping god look at how beautifully you worship god this morning come on put your hands together for the lord this morning and give him some glory hallelujah but even for those things that you haven't seen yet the year has not ended hallelujah in fact next week sunday i'm preaching my last sermon of the year and the title of that sermon is the god of the 11th hour you see god can do some last minute things things that you don't expect when the football game is almost over and the referee is about to blow the final whistle and the game changes and a goal from nowhere comes those goals are celebrated even more than the ones that are scored in the first minute so next week i'm preaching the god of the 11th hour and i prophesy that between now and then may the god of the 11th hour bring you an 11th hour miracle may something that you have considered a defeat this whole year may one victory in this last minute overturn every defeat that you have seen every defeat that you have experienced in this year if you believe that is a word for you shout a big amen and one of the ways of inducing God to come down and to move in the affairs of men is to give him thanks. Even for the things that he hasn't done. I keep telling you that thanksgiving is a weapon. It is a, a strategy for putting God in a corner and, and, and making it impossible for him to fail. Some of the miracles Jesus did, he laid hands on people. Some of them he spoke. But the difficult ones, the, the ones of monumental proportions, he applied the, 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 the strategy of thanking God for those miracles. When he had to multiply bread, 5,000 men, and an unnamed number of women and children. When the supply was just five loaves of bread and two fishes. The Bible said he gave thanks to God. When Lazarus had been dead for four days, and his body was decomposing, and worms were eating him up, and autolysis and rigor mortis and all those pathological things had happened the bible said when he stood in front of the tomb he said god i thank you that you hear me always lazarus was still dead in the in the grave at the time he was thanking god for hearing him this morning i just want us to thank god just just lift up your voice and begin to thank god just thank him even for the things that he has not done 
lifted, just lift up your voice and say, Lord, I give you glory. I thank you for that situation. Even for the fact that my, my financial situation is changing, that, that my spiritual state is changing, that my health is bringing back. Come on, just lift up your voice and thank you. Just give him glory. Just give him glory. Just give him glory. Just thank him. Just thank him this morning. I feel in my spirit that your thanksgiving is opening the heaven somewhere. Your thanksgiving is, is, is opening a door somewhere. Your thanksgiving is unleashing some power into your life. That will bring about a transformation. That will bring about an 11th hour miracle. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, give him glory. Mention the things that he has not even done. And thank him as if he had already done. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God.
Somebody just put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. You may take your seat. Hallelujah. That the first night we'll have more time to thank God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, today is the 23rd of December 2018. And in two days' time, we'll be celebrating the, the birth of the greatest personality to have walked on the surface of this earth. Hallelujah. And it was announced yesterday at uh, the prayer meeting that we wouldn't have a Christmas Day service on Tuesday. All right? That's because we'll have service on, the, on Sunday, which is the 30th, and then we'll have another one on the 31st. So you can crucify the chickens and the and the goats. As I said last week, they are all having prayer meetings, praying against you. <laughs> yeah. So, we will, not, we will not meet on Tuesday. So, that means to, today's sermon is my Christmas sermon. Hallelujah. It's my Christmas message. Yesterday at the prayer meeting, I was telling the pastors that Christmas sermons and Easter sermons are the most difficult to preach. You know why? Because you know the story in, inside out. It's like what is going to be said, you know it already. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, so they, it can be tricky to preach a Christmas message. But, you see, the, the Holy Ghost is a dynamic Holy Ghost. Amen. It can take one message and turn it around 1,000 times. We are told that the great T.L. Osborne, one of the greatest evangelists the world has ever seen, he literally preached the same salvation message throughout his ministry different versions of the same message and out of it millions of souls were won <laughs> hallelujah that's the power of the holy spirit in fact one message can be preached twice and it will make a different impact on you that's why we listen to tapes we listen to it's the same thing that is being preached but ah, you listen to it the second time and it's like ah, this thing was i really listening to it you know, that, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. At any particular point in time, the Holy Spirit quickens something and, and gives it a different kind of meaning to you. Hallelujah. Today, my Christmas message is entitled, The Birth of Greatness. The Birth of Greatness. Everybody say, The Birth of Greatness. Hallelujah. After this message, may every greatness that is in you be activated in the name of Jesus. The birth of greatness. I'm going to use the Christmas story, the story of the birth of Jesus, to teach us a few things about greatness. Hallelujah. How many of you believe Jesus was a great man? If your hand is down, we would take you to deliverance. Here, 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 right now. The question is, what, what are you doing here then? Go Friday, go and look for some mosque or some Buddhist temple and go and worship there. But Jesus was a great man and he's still a great man amen the birth of greatness I'm, I'm going to teach you five things five lessons about greatness from the story of the birth of jesus christ now the christmas story is a very popular one even children three-year-old children can tell you the christmas story from beginning to end but the christmas story started in heaven hallelujah it started in heaven with a plan by the Godhead, the Trinity, to restore man to what God intended man to be in the beginning. Amen. 
God had a certain plan for man. God had a certain idea for what man should be. But man messed it up by giving Satan the opportunity to corrupt him. And so that plan was distorted. And to restore that plan, the Trinity had to sit down and, and, and plan and decide that this is how we are going to redeem man. So the story actually started in heaven. Somebody had to elect himself or to willingly decide that I'm going to come to this earth. I'm going to mingle with these filthy human beings, with filthy minds and corrupted beings. I'm actually coming to live amongst them and I'll die. And as a result of my death, these same human beings will be restored. For me, that is greatness. Hallelujah. And you realize from the scriptures that the birth of Christ was prophesied many years before. The first lesson I want you to learn where greatness is concerned is that greatness can be prophesied. Greatness can be prophesied. Now Jesus' greatness and Jesus' coming was prophesied in many ways. Sometimes God used human vessels to prophesy it. Isaiah was one such vessel. God used him to prophesy a lot. A lot of the things we know about Jesus or about, about, about Christ, which are not even stated in the New Testament when we actually saw him, were revealed by Isaiah. For example, it was Isaiah who literally stated that Jesus Christ was not a fine boy. Those of you who see those pictures of Jesus Christ with the nice blue eyes and the perfect blonde hair and the beard and all of those things. Right now in his glorified body, I believe he is super handsome. Hallelujah. But while he was walking here on earth, Jesus Christ wasn't handsome. Because Isaiah prophesied that he had no beauty. There was no beauty in him. There was no comeliness. There was no handsomeness. He didn't have any charm. And the reason God made him that way was that he wanted people to follow him for what he was saying and not for how he looked. Hallelujah. Because we human beings, will respond to proper packaging. If the thing is well packaged, we shall follow it, even if we don't understand the context. And unfortunately, that is one of the biggest problems of Christianity now. You see, we are, we are outward people. We are, we are a hair-feeling generation instead of a voice-discerning generation. And I'll explain what I mean by a hair-feeling generation as against a voice-discerning generation. Isaac was blind, like how most Christians are blind now. And Esau was the one supposed to present him with a meal. But Jacob did some 419 and replaced him. And the Bible said he took the fair or the, or the skin of the animal he had killed. Because he, uh, Esau was a hairy man. So when Isaac, who was blind, had Jacob in front of him when he was about to give the blessing. When he touched him, he said, this is the skin of Esau. It feels like Esau. But the voice is the voice of Jacob. So he had a clear choice. To choose between the feeling of the hair and the voice that he was listening to. And he made a mistake of going for the outward instead of discerning the voice. That's why I'm saying that we are a hair feeling generation instead of a voice discerning generation. We are not listening to the voices. We are looking at the packaging. How beautiful the thing is. 
I've told you before that I had a friend in Legon. We were having a joint service and Bishop Doug was the one preaching. And he did an altar call for those who want to be born again. And this friend, I know, she is a born again believer, a prayer warrior, uh, speaks in tongues. She's a spiritual believer. And she got up and went to go and give her life to Christ. When she came back, I said, ah, by you, we all know you are born. He said, no, she just wanted to go closer and have a closer look at the handsome man of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if God had made Jesus Christ some super fine guy, all the Mary Magdalene's and the Martha's and the Mary's wouldn't have been following him because of the words he was speaking. But because the guy was fine. Hallelujah. And all of these things, it was Isaiah who told us. The prophet Isaiah. So greatness can be prophesied by human vessels. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah 9 6. Isaiah 9 6. It said, For unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is a human vessel being used to prophesy. Hallelujah. And I believe God has used a lot of human vessels to prophesy into your life. Yeah. So human vessels can be used to prophesy greatness. Some of you have been told your ministry is going to be worldwide. May it come through in Jesus' name. Some of you have been told you are going to be millionaires. May it come through in Jesus' name. Some of you have been told you are going to have great wisdom to solve problems. May it come through in Jesus' name. So even Jesus, the Son of God himself, it took God used human vessels to prophesy his greatness. Hallelujah. But then it's not only human vessels God uses. Sometimes we use divine, he uses divine visitations and divine encounters. Let's look at Luke chapter 1. Let's start from verse 26. This one was an encounter Mary had. It was an encounter Mary had. He said, and in a sick man, the angel Gabriel, everybody say Gabriel, was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Next. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Next. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. Somebody say, Highly favored. May you be highly favored in Jesus' name. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Next. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. One day God will speak to you and you'll be surprised. And you ask, is it me you are speaking to? And the angel said unto her, Fear not Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Everybody say favor. Next. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son. This is, this is a prophetic word that was being given by an angelic being, angelic divine visitation. And shall call his name Jesus. Next. He shall be great. Everybody say, He shall be great. And I prophesy that you will be great. And shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Next. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Next. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? 
seeing I know not a man. Some of you, you have been told you will be, you own businesses, you will, you will do great things, you will dine with presidents and kings, and you are asking, how will it be? Because at the moment I don't have any connections, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. I, 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 I don't even know the assemblyman of the place that I live. Let alone talk about the MP. But you are saying I'll dine with kings and, and presidents shall invite me to give them advice. He said, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. They say you school abroad. But I say, I, I don't have an uncle with the finances that can do it. My, my father is some farmer somewhere. Even my father doesn't even know that I exist. How is it going to be? Knowing that I don't know anybody. And what did the angel say next? He said, and the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Hallelujah. The power of God can do anything. Everything is possible. He can move the hearts of men. He can move the legs of men. He can move the wallets and the bank accounts of men for things to happen. Hallelujah. He said he will overshadow, he will come upon thee and overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Next. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she had also conceived a son in her old age and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren next for with god nothing shall be impossible may the impossible become possible in your life in the name of jesus may may, may your dreams that you think are impossible may in the year 2019 in the year 2019 may you see those dreams coming into fruition in the name of jesus and then verse 38 he said and mary said behold the handmaid of the lord be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I'll come back to the verse 38. But this is a situation where you have an angel of the Lord speaking a word of prophecy unto a servant of God or unto a child of God. Now, sometimes we only sit and wait for very supernatural encounters like this. To know that God has great plans for us. We are waiting for that voice. We are waiting for that encounter. Some of you, if you should see an angel in your room right now, the next day you will not be alive. There are people in the Bible who saw angels and they fell as if they were dead. Can you imagine a huge being whose head is almost hitting the ceiling? Big, tall, huge wings, glowing like that. Appears in your room. You won't even be able to say, hey. And you collapse. Some of you, that's why God is not giving you such encounters. Hallelujah. But there, there are also human angels. Amen. The Bible says some of you have encountered angels without knowing. They are human angels. It's not everybody you meet in town and you speak to them. That is a normal human. There are angels walking around and amongst us. For you know the one sitting next to you is even an angel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now some, 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 some servants of God, some, some men of God to say they are, they are angels. There's a gift called the angelic gift. Well, new revelations are coming. 
It be here with day. <laughs> but you see, as I said, human beings can also be referred to as angels. Not that, that one, that kind of angel I'm talking about. Your pastor can actually be referred to as an angel. Because when you go to Revelation, when Jesus was giving the message to the churches, those letters were addressed to the heads of the churches. And he said what? Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. Unto the angel of the church of Pergamos, right. The angel they are talking about there is not a supernatural being. They are talking about the head of the church, the pastor of the church, the bishop of the church. Hallelujah. So, even if you don't get an encounter from an angel that is superhuman and glowing and looking very glorious, know that God can also use your head pastor to speak a word of prophecy into your life. And sometimes it won't come by him calling you to the front and saying, I can see and my eyes are open. It will come through the preaching of the word and the declaration of the word of God. So when I say, I see you great. It is like an angel that is saying that greatness is being trusted upon you. Hallelujah. When I say, as I see your coast enlarged, it is an, an angel of God, a messenger of God. In fact, the angel there means a messenger. That is bringing a message to you that your coast shall be enlarged. And if I say unto you that in the year 2019, the things that defeated you, you are being empowered to overcome them and to see victory in the name of Jesus, know that it is a messenger of God. God is bringing that word to you. Hallelujah. So God can use human beings. He can give you a divine encounter. And he can also speak through the people, the shepherds he has placed upon your life. So that is lesson number one. Greatness can be prophesied. The Bible says we shouldn't despise prophecies. Every prophecy you receive, even if you believe it or not, you write it down. Have a book, a book, a special book of prophecies. And just write it down. And, and when I talk about prophecies, I'm not only talking about the ones that you are called and isolated. There are some that are, are just declared like that. And you decide that, Charlie, this one, I am taking it. From the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violence shall take it by force. When it comes to spiritual things like that, God is impressed with those who are aggressive. I'm telling you. He's impressed with those who are aggressive. Those who are ready to break protocol. Me, I've seen it happen so many times. People, people can actually steal other people's prophecies in the spirit. It's possible to do that. God is impressed when we are hungry for the things of the spirit. Bartimaeus was blind. He needed a miracle. Those around him, they were seeing so they were being gentle and doing all kinds of things. So when we come to church and we say, clap for, for the Lord, shout amen, and say, you are sitting there, you'll be there. Hallelujah. These are spiritual things. There they were okay. So, uh, being diplomatic, and this, this, this. he started shouting, son of man, have mercy upon me. The same people said, keep quiet. You, this Jesus Christ that you are shouting for, you've not seen him before, those of us who have seen him. And he's shouting because he has not seen him. You have seen him so you can afford to keep quiet. And your eyes are open. Me for, from the time my mother gave birth to me. I've never seen any human being before. Me too, I want to see human being. And the Bible said when they started, they tried to shut him down. He shouted even them all. Hallelujah. Shouted even them all. 
When we come to church like this, a lot of things happen in the spirit. If God should open your eyes to see, you will not be able to handle it. You will not be able to handle it. When we say clap, when we say shout, you say, when people are saying, I receive it, and things like that, you that receive it, but I'll come to it in the, in the preaching. I'll come to it in the preaching. So point number one, greatness can be prophesied. Two, great people are not necessarily born from great places. That is one big lesson you, you, you can learn from the Christmas story. Great people are not necessarily... You don't necessarily need to have a great background for you to be great. Some of the greatest footballers we have ever seen, they came from nowhere. Most of them have a rags to riches story. Their parents were struggling. Lionel Messi's parents were struggling. He had a growth hormone problem. And his parents were struggling to pay for the, for the growth hormone injections. Very, very expensive. One day he was playing football somewhere and a scout from Barcelona saw him. He said, ah, this boy, this is hidden treasure. I saw a, a copy of the first contract Messi signed with him. It wasn't even on a piece of paper. It was on some tissue or is it some napkin or something. The guy saw the potential that, look, even if I let 10 seconds pass, somebody else will come and pick this guy away. Drafted a, a, an agreement. Quick, 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 quick. They signed it there, there, there. I hear, that thing is framed. It's been framed. It's like a, 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 a monument. First contract he signed. From a house of poverty. So the authorities came. Saw the young boy. They said, no. This boy, we have to pick him up. Had an agreement with the parents. They said, okay, we'll take him to our soccer academy. We'll pay for all his treatments. Get one of his friends to join him in Spain. Move from Argentina and join him in Spain so that he'll, be, he'll feel at home. So one of his best friends was also sponsored. Is it? And today the rest is history. Hallelujah. Greatness, you see, you may not see greatness right from the beginning. There are some people, when you see them right from the beginning, you know that, no, this one there, it's like, this person is special. There are people like that. But in majority of the cases, the history doesn't favor the greatness at all. It doesn't favor the greatness. If you look at the house you are coming from. You have to believe God for everything. <laughs> when you are going to the ATM car, you are binding and losing. Because you don't know when you put the card inside and say, insufficient funds. So go back home. Take your card and go back home. Go and chew the card like that. You look at the background, there's no history of greatness. All your ancestors, drunkards, womanizers, people who didn't make anything out of their lives. And you wonder, hey, so me too, is there a future for me? I came to tell you that there's a future for you. You may not look it today. You may not have looked it 10 years ago. But that is how God works his things. Hallelujah. Greatness is not necessarily born in great places. One of Jesus' disciples, when Philip went to try to get him to come and follow Jesus, I think it was Nathaniel. He said, I've seen a man. Come, 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 let's go and follow him. Where is he from? He said, Nazareth. He opened his mouth and said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? 
Some of you, your hometown is not even on the map of Ghana. If you want to locate it, you can't even find it. It's nowhere to be found. Even if you use a magnifying glass on the map, you will not find it. <laughs> you will search and say, Google Maps. You put Google Maps. Google, Google will send you a very interesting reply. You don't know it. He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And you see, that is why people are even missing the signs of your greatness. It took a long while before people's eyes were open to the fact that Jesus is not an ordinary human being. Why? Because he, didn't, he wasn't born to some rich parents. You see, Israel at that time were looking for a certain kind of leader. They were under serious Roman oppression. And let me, let, me, let me break down the oppression for you. The Israelites were working and because they were under the rulership of the Roman Empire, everybody, whatever you earn at the end of the month, 40% goes to the Roman government. So assuming you are earning 1,000 Ghana cities, 400 straight in taxes. And added to that, they were Jews. And 10% of what you earn is not yours. It's for God. So you take the 10%, give it to God, take 40%, give it to the government in taxes, you are left with five. So you were only enjoying half. If that were done to those, those of you who work, if that was done to you today, there will be a big demonstration in Ghana. 50% of what you earn going out like that. So that there was a lot of economic hardship. Things were difficult. And the Messiah had been prophesied. And they knew he was going to be a descendant of David. So they were expecting royal blood to be born in the capital Jerusalem. Into a rich, powerful, influential family. And they were expecting an economic and a political Messiah. Somebody to come and lead them in rebellion against the Roman Empire. And somebody to bring them economic freedom. That was what the expectation was. So when the carpenter's son was walking among them and claiming to be the son of God and claiming to be the Messiah, like you, what are you talking about? Read the prophecy well. You are supposed to be a descendant of, 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 of David. And because of that, up and down, there are Jews who don't believe in Christ. Because they are still expecting the Messiah. They are expecting him to come like David and come and lead them in war. Because now they are, they are fighting a lot of battles against the Arabs and stuff like that. Now it's no longer the Roman Empire. So they had a wrong impression of what the, the Messiah was supposed to be. So he came and among them and they missed him. Completely. They were expecting a political Messiah. Why do you think when he rode on the donkey and entered Jerusalem, they were so excited? They were like, ah, today the other day has come. Rebellion is going to start. We are going to rise up against these this, uh, Roman people. So, oh, they put the palm branches on the ground and this and that, hailing him. He entered Jerusalem. Yeah, that was the capital. That's where the, 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 the Roman authorities were. We are now going to confront them. That was their mentality. But they didn't know that he didn't come 
for the salvation of their political whatever or their economic whatever he came for the salvation of their souls and unfortunately some of us today have also missed it we have turned christ into primarily an economic messiah so the only reason we go to church and go for prayer meetings hey god bless me oh lord bless me oh god bless me bible says seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you jesus didn't come because of your wallet he didn't come because of your bank account he didn't come because of your pairs he came because of your soul primarily and they missed it so when he entered jerusalem and there was no show there was no action yes they expected a, a rousing speech a revolutionary speech like how jj was saying we not go sit down and make them cheat us every day rouse the people to boy, hey, to boy. that was the kind of thing they were expecting so when that did not happen now the hosanna hosanna you see after he, he he went into the he entered triumphantly when you read what the next place he went to was to the temple and the people who were already financially hard pressed and were looking for ways of making extra money had turned the house of god into a house of merchandise they were selling things and making money in the house of god so they were expecting this economic measure to come and be like okay yeah you 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 help yourself yeah i, I came I, i've come and, and, and your, your pockets are going to be better but the bible said he got angry took a whip and lashed them out and they were like hey this is not what we expected of you we're expecting you to come and help us to get richer we are trying to do something to make ends meet and you the one that we have hope in you have come and you are saying something else so the hosanna turned into crucify him it's just like it, it, the same thing happens in politics so when there's one government in power mpp will come and this and this and that when we come to power all your problems will be solved now the same people two years down the line people are saying things are hard and this and this and this all sorts of things and now people are giving nana subtle threats they say 2020 we go show nana show him <laughs> that is how it is when the expectations of the people are not met but this one jesus didn't come promising them those things they misinterpreted the prophecies that were given so now the hosanna hosanna turned into crucify him claim out of the sea and it was significant that the one day you see there was barabbas who was presented to them as an option choose which one you want to free barabbas represented what they were expecting a rebel barabbas was part of a, a, a rebel group that was underground because they were like terrorists causing trouble just to force the romans to leave them alone killing people and kidnapping people and doing all sorts of things so now they were given the choice choose between a rebel and an innocent man and because their mentality was skewed towards war and liberation they took barabbas and left jesus christ all i'm trying to tell you is that greatness doesn't necessarily come carved in glory i always use the example that when jesus wanted to name somebody as the greatest man that ever lived on this earth if we're looking for bible characters that were great john the baptist you won't rank him in the top 10. when we have moses when we have elijah when we have elijah who even did double of what elijah did when we have people who showed great power and did great things 
Isaiah and Co. Accurate prophecies. And you pick John the Baptist, who has never even healed a headache before. He has never worked a single miracle before. And Jesus said, of all men born of women, this is the greatest. That means God's idea of what greatness is, is completely different from what we men see as greatness. Hallelujah. To God, greatness is when you know your purpose. You know your line. And you stay within that line and you stay within it faithfully. That is greatness. Don't think because I'm the head pastor of this church in heaven my reward will be bigger than all of you. It's not necessarily so. I've been given my assignment and I'll be marked out of 100. You two have been given your assignment even if it is too sweet. It will be marked out of the same 100. If you sweep better than I lead this church, you may get 98 and I'll get 42. And your reward will be bigger than mine. And in God's eyes, you are greater than me. Even though I'm the one who sits here and all of you are looking at me and some of you are yawning and some of you want to lose. <laughs> Somebody say, minus me, minus me. <laughs> God's idea of greatness is completely different. Completely different. They were expecting something spectacular. So people are looking for something spectacular in you right now. They are not seeing. But when God sees you, He sees greatness. Hallelujah. So that's point number two. Greatness or great people are not necessarily born in great places. Don't let your background limit you as to what God can do with your life. Don't look at what is around you. Don't look at the stories that you are hearing. The Bible says, let every man be a liar and let God alone be true. Whose testimony and whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report of the te- or, or the testimony of the family members who are all divorcing and who are not getting married and who are all poor and who are not finishing school? Whose report are you going to believe? The Bible says, the plans that I have for you are plans of good and not evil. And I charge you to believe that report of the law. Point number three. Greatness is recognized in the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness has a way of picking up greatness. And why am I saying that? The people who recognized that somebody great had been born, they were not Christians. They were not godly people. The people we call the wise men. And Pastor Alpha pointed out at the prayer meeting on Wednesday that they are not necessarily three. Because they are three gifts doesn't mean they were three wise men. So normally we say, we three kings of Oriental, and this, 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 this. They said wise men. I was reading an article recently. Somebody was trying to prove that they were twelve. Whether they were 100 or 120, they were wise men and they came from the east. Hallelujah. If somebody in Israel is saying somebody came from the east, then we are talking about probably India or China or some of those places. And these people were, they belong to a certain sect. They call them the Magi. M-A-G-I. Those of you who have been reading it and saying Magi. It's not Magi Q. It's the Magi. Everybody say Magi. And these people, they were magicians. They were childings. They were astrologers. People who read the stars. Simply put, those people, whether they were three or four or five or ten, were occultists. They were people who were dabbling in the occult. 
And by their occultic manipulations and their doings, they were able to spot that a great person has been born. I'm trying to tell you that the kingdom of darkness has a way of spotting greatness. Hallelujah. They spotted that no. By the reading of the stars. And they said, no. Once the star has come, I don't know how they did it, but they man and they were accurate. And they actually were so accurate in the thing that they were doing that they managed to follow the star right to where Jesus Christ was. It's a serious occultic accuracy. So when you are looking at those men, don't look at them as some godly men or they were occultists. But the good thing is that when they spotted greatness, they left their arts, they left their practice, they left their occultism, left whatever they were doing, and they came and bowed down in front of the superior power. And they didn't just bow down in front of the superior power, they also brought gifts and came to sow into the life of the superior power. May we sit one day and somebody from another religion will say, I am buying you a property, I am buying you a house, I am buying you a car, I am supporting your ministry. They came and bowed down in front of the superior power. Whichever power has located your greatness in the spirit, we are speaking on authority today that instead of fighting your greatness, they will come and support your greatness. They will come and support it. Yes. As for seeing, they can see. They see, no, 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 this one. There's something special about you. And those who will look for trouble and decide to oppose your greatness, may the judgmental hand of God himself locate them wherever they are. Yeah. Some will decide to support because they realize that's what this thing, I can't fight it. But there are some stubborn ones. WW witches and wizards. WW dot witches and wizards and warlocks dot com. They, they are stubborn. They decide, oh, look, we shall fight this thing. After all, their bosses Mission statement is he came to steal, to kill, to destroy. They want to destroy destinies. They want to destroy greatness. But the Lord himself will send judgment upon them. So greatness is recognized in the kingdom of darkness. If even Jesus, his greatness was recognized, you too, your, your greatness will be recognized. Hallelujah. Yeah. Sometimes you go to a place and there are some people who just don't like you. And they themselves, they don't know why they don't like you. It's because there's something at play in them. He says, don't like you. Some boss of yours just does not like you. You go to some places, you try to rise, and they are fighting you for no reason. Greatness can be recognized in the, in the kingdom of darkness. Point number four. Greatness is not only recognized, but opposed in the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' case, Satan tried so many means. To try and eliminate him before he fulfilled his destiny. One of them was when he entered Herod. And caused Herod to decide to kill all the children. It was an attempt to cut short Jesus' destiny. They gave another every child under the age of two. Killed all of them. The same thing happened with Moses. The enemy spotted his greatness. You see sometimes uh, some of you whose mothers had difficulties in pregnancy before they had you sometimes it's because the enemy has spotted what is inside you he said oh when i was pregnant with this one i bled for nine months 
threatened abortion for nine months is because of greatness. The enemy wants to, to, to kill it before it, 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 it matures. So even Jesus, they attempted to kill him prematurely. Moses, they attempted to kill him prematurely. So greatness will be opposed. Greatness will be opposed. But you see, the fifth lesson is that the solution or the antidote to the opposition of greatness is intercession. Prayer. You need to start praying for your unborn children now. It's intercession. Israel had started crying for a deliverer. Even before Moses was, was born. And I believe it was some of those prayers that preserved Moses' life. Even Jesus Christ. Me, I believe there was even opposition before he was born. And I'll explain. This thing that we read in Luke. Where... Angel Gabriel came and gave Mary the news that she was going to get pregnant and deliver. It was a very significant thing. Now, why is this insignificant? The angel Gabriel brought a word from heaven. This was the same angel who was sent to bring a word to Daniel. And what happened to him? It's not everything that the Bible records. But see, the Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We know Satan, we know the way he does those things. Compare the magnitude and the weight of the word that Daniel was going to receive to how significant and how important the word that Mary was going to receive from the same angel was. I do not think Satan will sit down and allow that message to come free like that. He won't. If even Daniel's own, which was just going to give him insight into the history of Israel, he sent a whole principality of Persia to oppose him, how much more the news that is going to liberate the world and bring about he, Satan's ultimate defeat. We are not ignorant of his device. We've seen him before. We know how he operates. Sometimes when God has given an example already, he doesn't have to give a second one. We know how he operates. I believe there was opposition. Even though the Bible didn't say, I believe there was opposition. In Daniel's case, what was the solution? It was Daniel's intercession. The prayer Daniel was praying, the Bible said when he set out to pray, even the first day God sent the answer, but there was opposition. And he continued to agonize in prayer for 21 days. That was when heaven released Michael to come and fight the prince of Persia so that Gabriel could break through. Even such insignificant news, there was opposition. I believe Gabriel didn't come free like that. But you see, as always, there, have to be, there has to be some strategically positioned intercessors to make certain things happen. And in Jesus' case, God had commissioned two old people. I'm talking about Simeon and Anna the prophetess who were strategically positioned. They were the ones who went to the temple the day Jesus Christ was being dedicated. Simeon said, God had told him that you, you will not die. You will not come and join me until this thing or this person called the Messiah has been born. It wasn't just God promising him something. He was giving an assignment. Continue to pray. Continue to intercede. And make sure this thing comes to pass. Why is it that the moment he saw Jesus Christ and he held him, he said, my eyes have beheld the consolation of Israel. 
This thing that I've been praying for. This thing that I've been interceding for. This thing that I've been warring in the spirit for. Today, I have seen it. And he said, now Lord, let your servant be dismissed in peace. You gave me an assignment as a faithful soldier. I have carried it out. Now dismiss me. I've done it. It's done. Anna, after her husband died, seven years, they said she was in the temple day and night. Even Jesus needed intercession for his destiny to be secure. You need to pray for your children. You need to pray for yourself. The fact that the prophecy has come doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. You need to intercede. He said, now I have seen it. This thing that I have prayed for, I have seen it. I have prayed for years. I have seen it. May you see that thing that you have been praying for. There may be somebody whose salvation you have been praying for for years. You have not seen it. The person is still stubborn. The person is still, is still chasing women. The person is still drinking. The person is still a, a womanizer. The person is still promiscuous. But just as Simon never gave up and continued to intercede, and, on, and when he was on, uh, getting ready to depart from the earth, finally, he said, My hands have held and my eyes have beheld the consolation of Israel. May you see that thing that you have been praying for come to pass in the name of Jesus. Every prince of Persia, anything that the enemy has sent to block that which God is bringing to you, be it a message, be it a blessing, be it a ministry, be it an anointing, be it a breakthrough. Today we arrest in intercession and in prayer. We arrest every opposition and every prince of Persia. Anything that stands in between you and the promises of God for your life, we hold it bound in the name of Jesus. Even Daniel then didn't have the authority to bind demons. But after Christ died, and he escaped and came to live in you and I, he promised the disciples, he said, Behold, I shall give unto you power. I give unto you power to trample over scorpions and snakes and over all the works of the enemy. He said, Behold, I shall give unto you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you shall bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you shall loose on earth is loose in heaven. And today, every blessing, we lose it in the name of Jesus. Every good thing the Lord has in store for you, we lose it in the name of Jesus. Anything that is supposed to bring progress in your life, that has been withheld, we lose it in the name of Jesus. And any entity that is standing as a Suarez, that is preventing your ball from entering the net, today we bind every such spirit in the name of Jesus. We command it to lose its hold on the blessings that God, has in store for us. Some of you, your ministries will never materialize unless there is intercession. Unless some prayers are lifted. Unless somebody goes on their knees and begins to pray and begins to agonize. We need some honest. We need some simians. Men and women who have been impregnated with the bedding to stand in the gap and to see the promises of God come to pass. It was necessary for Gabriel to break through and come to speak to Mary. Why? God doesn't force anything onto anybody. Even a prophecy, if it is given to you and you don't receive it, it will never come to pass. God is not a by force person. Let's read the, the, the verse 38. You know, we're reading um, Luke chapter 1. We stop that verse 37. It said, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Now this is where the, the, the whole thing was out. Be it unto me. Act. 
according to your word. Mary needed to accept that word. When they said and the word became flesh, it started from Mary accepting the word that came from heaven and had been spoken unto her. Immediately, I believe if you did a UPT on Mary, you see it is, it is positive. Because the word had been accepted. Then the word started gaining flesh. Bones started coming. A heart formed. Fingers formed. Legs formed. And in nine months, that word was ready to be birthed. I pray that when you come into contact with the word from heaven, may your heart and your spirit be opened, just like Mary to say, Be it unto me according to your word. And today I speak into your life that as you enter 2018, victory shall be your portion. As you enter 2019, the Lord himself shall be your shield and shall be your buckler. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up in judgment against you, you shall condemn. Your going in is blessed. Your coming out is blessed. Everything you touch is blessed. Anything you engage in shall be a success in the name of Jesus. The things that you struggled with, the sins that beset you, the things that caused you to be down, the things that made you depressed, in the name of Jesus I speak as a servant of God and as a servant of this house upon your life, that those things shall defeat you no more. The Egyptians that you see, I speak into your life today, that you shall see them no more. The things that cause you sleepless nights, the things that cause you to run away, you are empowered to turn and to face them in the name of Jesus. And I speak the spirit of recovery. Anything you have lost in 2018, as you get ready to enter 2019, let there be a recovery in the name of Jesus. When David's house was plundered and his camp was plundered, the Bible said that David wept and he consoled himself and encouraged himself in the Lord. And the Bible said he inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord said, pursue, overtake, and without fail, recover it all. I see a spirit of recovery coming upon you in the name of Jesus. Financial recovery, spiritual recovery, recovery of gifts, gifts that have gone dormant, dreams that are dead, visions that you had that are no longer in existence. I see a resurrection in the name of Jesus. Every dry bone in your life, I speak to it as Ezekiel spoke. Let life come into every dead dream. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice, begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to invoke the spirit of recovery as the spirit of Christ. If the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit shall quicken your mortal body. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we speak to every prophetic word. We speak to every promise of God upon your life. Let every opposition, let every opposition be glad out of the way. In the name of Jesus, by the power of prayer, by the force of prayer, by the power of the blood, by the power in the name of Jesus, let every opposition, just as they oppose Jesus and they oppose Moses, 
Your greatness has received it. But we wrestle not against such a blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, seated in high places. But we thank God that the weapons of our warfare are not cannot, but a mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. You may not look great today. You may not look like a great man today. You may not look like a great woman today. But by prayer, by intercession, your greatness is being birthed in the name of Jesus. Your greatness is being birthed in the name of Jesus. Even as we commemorate the birth of the greatest man that lived upon the surface of this earth. Let there be. Let there be. Let there be a resurrection of every greatness. Let there be the activation of every great work that has been spoken unto you. May the Lord bring you to the point where, like Mary, you will say, Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me. Receive that word today. Receive that word today. Let that word gain flesh. Let that promise gain flesh. Let that word, that promise, begin to incubate. In the name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, the Lord Sadabakada. I see the perfect of ministries in this place. In the name of Jesus, I see the perfect of potential. I see the reactivation of potential. In the name of Jesus, I see the sharpening and the quickening of anointing. In the name of Jesus, I see failure being a thing of the past. In the name of Jesus, I see defeat being a thing of the past. In the name of Jesus, His promises are yea and amen. The plan he has for you are plans of good and not evil. Rather than a sicker. No good thing will he withhold from you. In the name of Jesus Christ or another, any aspect of your life where the devil is fighting you, you are equipped, you are empowered to overcome. In the name of Jesus, overcome spiritually, overcome social, overcome financial. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, let God that have been close to you, be opened in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands, O ye guys, and be lifted up ye everlasting God. That the King of Glory shall come in. Who is the King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. I see the pattern of ministry. I see the pattern of calling. 
I see the activation of miracles in the blood. In the name of Jesus, I see death dreams coming back alive. I see death visions coming back alive. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wherever you are falling, I see you rising again. For the word of the Lord says, seven times the righteous man shall fall. He shall rise again. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I shall rise again. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Mighty one, 
Trust you have been blessed by this message. For information on how you can receive more teachings from the man of God, reach us on 024-873-7250. Stay blessed. Overflow.